Welcome, everybody. This is the Christmas special. I am Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Locke. And this is Fig and Locke Coast to Coast. Uh, uh, This is our second podcast uh, of the month, and we're going into Christmas next week. So this will be our, and New Year's, shortly following thereafter. So this will be our last cast for this season uh, for year, or for calendar year 2022. Um, so we're, as we enter 2023, we'll be opening up a new season. This would be actually it'd be season three for us since, you know, uh, this is technically our second season doing this. So, uh, we thought what we would do is, uh, this week is we would kind of go through and share some of our favorite Christmas traditions, movies, television specials, and just, just to kind of get in the Christmas spirit and, uh, lift everybody up. Um, but that being said, how about you, man? How's your week going? How you doing? Man, uh, my week's going pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Uh, over here, to let you know, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, the weather high will be 34 degrees. So it's going to be a, a super cold Christmas coming next weekend. Um, and I know some of our fans of this podcast, We yes, there's been a lot of news that's been popping off this week. Uh, me and Mr. Figs have been texting each other all week, uh, talking about what's happening with the whole DC um, James Gunn stuff, and then you had like Trump come with the NFT out of nowhere, and I got some opinions about that, but that's going to be for 2023. We're just going to push that, whatever, because we're going to keep it lighthearted, and we're going to focus on the subject here tonight um, with our Christmas special here. Yeah, I don't want to get uh, I don't want to get angry yeah. today, because I could, if right. we talk about Gunn <laughs> and DC, that's just going to get me riled up. Anything related to Trump's going to get me riled up. I want to go into the Christmas lighthearted. Uh, I want to be happy and joyous. I don't want to be angry and upset because that's all that that news did to me this week. And that's you know what you're right. And that's what we're gonna we're gonna focus on this and folks what we're grateful for, thankful for, and um, so yeah. Well, why don't you talk about these this list? The, um, our this what we're doing tonight. There. Okay, so what we're doing is we're just gonna go. Um, we're gonna go piggyback back and forth on what our favorite uh, Christmas either movies are, um, TV specials, memories, traditions. You know, we felt kind of we were thinking on this, and I think if, if we're just, we just did a movies list or a top ten movies list, I felt like we were going to have a lot of overlap. Because, you know, there's only a handful of great Christmas movies out there that I think most people really enjoy. I think otherwise it's kind of your own personal taste at that point. I think there are a few movies and TV specials and even traditions that I think are universal that a lot of people share. And I think it'd be fun to talk about those. I got a couple of them in here that me and Mr. Locke personally participated in as kids uh, growing up in the 757. So I can't, I, I look forward to hearing his comments on those. Um, but that being said, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with the first one, unless if you're ready. We are ready. All right. So my first one is Nintendo on Christmas. Um, and uh, if you've seen the movie 8-Bit Christmas, uh, it kind of encapsulates a lot of how any of us felt in the 19, mid-1980s try, in, in our ever pursuit of getting hold of the Nintendo game console. Um, I know for me, it was, my, it was a Christmas gift, I think at age 8. Um, and the only time I ever got games for it uh, was at Christmas time and maybe my birthday, 
And then over time, that evolved into the Super Nintendo, which again was another Christmas gift. And again, all these things had to go on layaway. Like your mom, like you know, your your mom would like put on layaway and paid on it throughout the year. And it was like your one Christmas gift because it was the most expensive Christmas gift under the tree. And you always knew which one it was because the box it was the biggest box that was also under the tree. And the games themselves have a fairly unique look under the tree too. So you always knew where it was and where it was waiting for you. Um, so it just added to the anticipation and the excitement of Christmas. And then aside from getting my Nintendo and opening it, one of them, I remember when we used to travel to my aunt's house for Christmas or my grandmother's house for Christmas, you know, cause back then, you know, it was the Nintendo only lived off of what it was the audio video cable, like the yellow and red and white cables. So like you could hook it up to any VCR or TV, um, in the house and play with it. So we used to bring ours with us. And that was another fun thing about Nintendo on Christmas was, you know, the cousins enjoyed it, you know, so we would all get new games and put, you know, plug them in and spend all day playing those. And yeah, so for me, the first one is Nintendo on Christmas. And I'd like to think you as a gamer could relate to this one uh, to some degree. Uh, yeah, I didn't receive any, like, I, I in my lifetime, I've never got a game system on Christmas. Oh, now I've I feel like a jackass. Like I, <laughs> you know, I I got I got video games on Christmas, but I never I like when I got my Nintendo back in the early '90s. I got in the early '90s. I got it like midway through the year. My mom laid away it at Kmart and yeah, got off laid away. But for like Christmas though, I definitely had to do fresh shiny game. Um, I remember the Sega Genesis. I got it mid through the year. Uh, Super Nintendo got it mid through the year. My brother got a Sega Saturn. For Christmas, and it's no for sixty. He got a Nintendo sixty four for his birthday. I got a PlayStation for my birthday, so it's kind. Of, but my birthday is like two weeks apart from Christmas, so it's it's uh you know, it, it's weird how that works sometimes. So and then I bought as an adult, I've never buy for personal just for myself. I buy for myself, so I've never like that. But yeah, definitely buying a video game, and I've spent many Christmas like just sitting there playing video games all day. Trust and believe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, especially in Virginia fresh, when fresh the weather. Yeah, because the weather on Christmas usually wasn't fantastic. I mean, it might be you know sometimes it's sunny, but it's still cold. Um, and never you know you're never gonna get snow on Christmas. Well, no, I take that back. Remember the one year, it was two. I think it was 2010 actually. 2010 or where it was uh, like snow one day on Christmas Eve. on like Christmas. Seventy degrees. On... Yeah, because yeah, like I like remember seventy degrees. Um, uh, Marcy was away that Christmas. Dan was in town. He was staying with me, and then, but he got snowed in from his flight, so he couldn't leave the next because uh, uh, I think he was supposed to fly out on the twenty sixth, so he couldn't fly out. You came over from work, I think, because your work got closed because of snow, and we sat and played Xbox. I think all day, just drinking and playing Xbox on like Christmas Day because we were all snowed in. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. It's, it's uh, Virginia has wild weather like that. You get all the seasons in one week, mm-hmm. and that was the epithet of it all, right there. Yep. So, all right, that's my first one. I'm gonna turn it over to you for your for the next one. Uh, for me, uh, a part of like part of the Christmas season, you got New Year's Eve, and I, you know, especially spending New Year's Eve as like friends, it's like that. We have spent many of New Year's Eves with each other. Um, you know, from the one we were at, like, I can remember the one we went to Time Lounge, downtown Grabby Street, and we ran to Brandon Mulgrew. Very cool situation there. It was like, wow, ran, ran really something with that. We spent New Year's at town, at town Center before they built all the buildings. They had the, 
uh, uh was it uh voodoo daddies performing there that's right yeah Zussi riot they did that it was like oh yeah their one song it took forever to do their one song you know um, i remember we spent like a couple like quads a couple years um yeah i remember when i remember when uh new year's eve i was so drunk i didn't even get out of the car you know mm-hmm. y'all went inside the club and y'all left me in the car because i was too drunk to even get out i was I remember I was, that like, one too at the time so it was yep. like yeah I, that the christmas season with new year's it's just uh a time for getting people together and have a good time and that's i have that memory it was, it was really nice my my favorite new year's memory i think of ours was it was um 2000 it was 2001 into 2002 and you were you had your first apartment because up until that time, all of our New Year's were out at, like, we'd get, like, a hotel room down at the beachfront um, and party down there and hang out. Uh, and then, but this was the first year you had your own place. So you decided to have a New Year's party. So we all came over there. We oh, all yeah. brought, like, you know, brought stuff. And, you know, I think we had, like, one or two friends that I think that were 21 that were Skelly able to and, Skelly and Dan. They yeah, we were able like to finagle some alcohol fit, in. Yeah. Um, so we had, that yeah. was a good time too. I remember like, you know, uh, just christening your place and, you know, kicking back and hanging out and watching the ball drop. And we were all like, none, I, I think no all of us were, were still underage. So, you know, sneaking, I had no furniture, drinking, drinking. I had a very small television. It yep. was, uh, I stayed at Emerald Point Apartments and it, that my rent was five fifty six a month. That's right. Yeah. You were, you were like, was, you were like all grown different. up cause I got, I was still in school and uh, you were like the one guy we knew that had his own place, and it was uh, so. I was trying know. to be. I was trying to be grown. I was perpetrating a fraud. I was a child <laughs> yeah. trying to be an adult. That was were, perpetrating you, you, a fraud. You were you were big time all grown up, while the rest of us were still living at mom's house. Um, I was sitting there working hard, paying a car note, car insurance, had a pager. It was a wild time, early two thousands. Me trying to be a full on adult too fast. My, I think I my my other my next favorite New Year's memory though. Since you're talking about Time Lounge, remember that night we went out there, and was, I think it was the same night that we ran to, into Magoo when uh, when uh, Dan, our boy Dan, met this girl on the dance floor, and oh, like they started no. making out. And we thought for sure like there was gonna be a hookup. So I remember I was gonna call it a night. Fairly, I, I mean, I, I stayed till midnight, but then I called it. But I was, I asked Dan, I was like, "Are you gonna stay here with this girl and go home with this girl, or whatever?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, man." I was like, "All right, dude. Well, then, like, if, if for some reason, like, you need a ride in the morning or something, give me a call." So I went home. I got home. I like changed. I'm in my like my PJs. I get a call, and it's Dan. He's like, "Hey, man, we need a ride." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, we need a ride." And I was, so I had to drive my ass all the way back to to time to pick him up, this girl and her friend. And then, so, like, what's worse is that it was, like, the first time I really damaged my car. And, like, so, like, because it was so, the traffic was so packed. And I remember I was trying to get over to make some room so I can pull over and put the flashers on and wait for Dan. But, like, I this car was parked close. So I, like, scraped the bottom of my car against this other dude's bumper. Their cops are right there. So I'm worried that I'm going to get, get yoked up by the police for being drunk or something. But I, I just remember, and then what was worse after all that, he didn't even get laid. We took this girl all the way back to her house, oh, and man. she was just like, "All right, well, good night." <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious, dude? Like, you're not even gonna get..." Yeah, it was. We were, was, we were uh, different men, but we were different men back then. We were different, different men back then. Oh my god, it was tough. Um, that was tough, Manny. All right, so I'm gonna go with the next one here. Um, so the next one I got on my list, uh, and this one's gonna dovetail into my next one, but this one I didn't really appreciate more until I was an adult. 
and probably because we never really did much of it as a kid, and that's putting up Christmas lights. So our family, because my dad was always out to see, it seemed like at Christmas time, we never really did Christmas lights on the house. My, my mom wasn't about to put Christmas lights up on the house. When my dad was home, he did what he would make a really cool like Christmas lantern. Like I, I guess it's a Filipino tradition to build a lantern. So he would like get like um like paper mache and like um and like these like stick like balsa wood sticks and put together these really or- ornate Christmas lanterns and he'd hang it in the big bay window in our kitchen. But we never did lights though. I think one year I finally convinced my mom to let me get some lights and put them in the bushes. But but now it's interesting. Now as an adult, because I didn't have that, like for me, I'm all about putting the Christmas lights up. And we don't go crazy. We keep it like t- nice and tasteful and everything. But I, I like for me, like growing up, I always watched the neighbors put their lights up, and I was always kind of in awe of what they would do. So uh, as an adult now, I really enjoy putting the Christmas lights up. Uh, I don't necessarily care for taking them down when the time comes, but I do like putting them up. I respect that. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I was actually telling my wife, you know, I was like, yeah, this year we're kind of, it's kind of not so great with the lights around here this year. And next year I'm putting it on my, like, I'm already putting the action plan in my head that like, cause I see my neighbor's houses and like my neighborhood, just to give you an idea where I live at, I live like we'll walk distance of a golf course in North Carolina. And I, we're an only black couple in the entire, like, next five miles um well five miles might be extreme let's say three miles and in this neighborhood there's nice houses and our house where our house is a nice house uh but it's like not well lit at all like you see all the houses like christmas lights and bright lights and this that we got a little we got the little like little i let the things at the windows whatever like the you know little candles at the oh lights. yeah but yeah, like yeah. you see so other people houses have it and they're bright our look like it's actual candle it's so dim and it's like <laughs> it's like we could like ah, we you know next year I'm, I'm going full blast because let me tell you some reindeer don't light up reindeers cost 130 dollars i was like holy smokes what reindeer are you looking at dude the uh, ones i, I got on i got these, i got these really cheap ones they're like like they have like a white wire frame like it's like a white there you go you said wire frame with some lights on it they were like there it is 30 20 30 bucks a piece and they look great you said there it is you said you said cheap i don't want to do cheap (laughs) oh sorry sorry i guess i'm bougie i don't want to do cheap i don't want to do too cheap i want to do bargain yeah but then you got (laughs) you got to store those things like i i have friends they they go all out and i'm like they have like their entire they can't even use their garage to put their car in it because they literally have half the garage full of boxes and christmas displays well that's what we got a shed for our like our 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 back shed has all these oh there you go okay the stuff inside so we we use that for that so you know i'm I'm putting again i'm putting the game plan for next year coming coming it loading 2023 it's gonna be nice all right all right okay over to you for the next one uh, I, one thing, I, it sounds really stupid, um, but as a, uh, growing up, one thing I always appreciated and I could continue the tradition and my mom, it, it took my mom a while to figure it out is that on Christmas we eat pot roast. Oh, you yeah. know, I go, the, I go the entire year. Don't eat pot roast. Don't eat the entire year. And then Christmas rolls around. My mom made pot roast. And it's like, this is absolutely amazing. I can't get enough of it. It is never enough. And it's gone. So as an adult, I'm like, yo, every Christmas. I'm making pot roast. And for a while, um, when I used to own a house, uh, first time around, the, you know, I used to invite D, uh, one Christmas I invited D and, uh, 
a scooter over my house because they didn't have anywhere to go on Christmas. And I cooked like Thanksgiving dinner one year and I cooked Christmas dinner and I invited them over my house. And like we kind of we sat around, watched Boris Supremacy, whatever. And I, I actually catered, I like, I cooked. You know, it's rare I do something like that. And I felt, it felt, maybe feel good. It was like, I, I like helping people. I'm a pleaser. No, and you know what? Since you're already talking about it, I'm going to, I'll mention. So this was actually my number three item. Um, and that is, you know, Christmas dinner. Um, I know for us growing up, um, again, Christmas dinner always varied. It depended on where we were. If we were at my grandparents' house or something like that, it might have been, um, you know, turkey. Uh, I think my mom did a ham one year. It kind of varied year to year. And then it wasn't until, like, later on when my parents were in a place where they had a little more money. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd come back from school. And prime rib became our, like, Christmas dinner of choice. And then she would follow it up the next night with, like, uh, she would take the, the, the scraps and turn it into a stew. Uh, that we would have the next night, which was always amazing, and even to this day, I, I've carried that into my own life. I, I like I, I even kind of stepped it up a little bit where I do smoked prime rib. That's like my go-to for Christmas. Yeah, so I was a little actually a little heartbroken when Marcy told me she didn't want to do prime rib this year. She wanted to go back to doing doing a ham. I didn't really want to do a ham this year, so we're gonna do we we're gonna do um, roasted Cornish game hens on the big green egg, uh, which are really just small chickens, uh, personal size chickens. <laughs> But yeah, no Christmas dinner. Yeah. you know, always good times. Having bring the family over, uh, having friends over. Uh, and I remember too when we were growing up, Christmas dinner was a lot like Thanksgiving dinner because I think at some point during the day we also again would kind of like do the house hopping thing. I, uh, I, I uh, where we it was like, all right, we had Christmas dinner at this house, and then let's go pick up this guy, and then grab a little bit of his house, and it became like this chain of events. Mm-hmm around as we all kind of like got together to go get into some shenanigans on christmas night so but yeah christmas dinner again is always you know you know whether whether it be ham or chicken or duck or pot roast or or prime rib um you know given the amount of care you put into it and the people around the table man like nothing says christmas more like enjoying a meal with all your friends and family so true that true that so that's been that's gonna spin me to my next thing right because you just your riff made me think of something and it's like you're right Christmas club hopping was the <laughs> like I swear like that decade from like 2002 to, to like 2012 man good times because you're talking about uh back in the 757 you know back then before breweries took over now uh we had nightclubs to go to and we had a wide selection that was way back when South Virginia Beach wanted to be a pretty like a small town South Beach they wanted to copy them and have nightclubs everywhere. And man, you're talking about all these college students coming back. So it was just like people, there's lots of people going out club hopping. You saw, because we would go club hopping at any time throughout the year on a regular, I swear, for like maybe three years. And I went ever I went out five nights a week. But Christmas time was different because, and even spring break was different. Spring break was like not as good. You know, it was summertime was different because you had all the yeah tourists in town. But winter break was all the local kids, college students coming back in, fresh from college. They feel like adults. The girls, they're dressing more adult. The dudes are stepping their game up as well. And you had a wide range of people. It was just fun. You know, what I mean, it was just fun. Like the 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 college nights were popping. They were just super packed. I remember like one college night during that break one one year. Um, we uh, ran to Pharrell. Fred was at bar, and he was at a bar, 
bar Norfolk, whatever, <clears throat> he was there with his bouncer, and it was like just there. And he was like, "This is amazing. This is this is the best." And like one year, they did Girls Gone Wild. This how old I'm talking about. How far back I'm taking it. Girls Gone Wild and Girls Gone Wild. We didn't begin there at all. It was just two packed. Like it was like, that whole area was just ridiculous. So. I think wintertime when, club hopping, time club hopping was the best. Yeah, wintertime club hopping was a good time. I remember one of my favorite club experiences on Christmas was, I think, you, it was me and you and went out with D, and we ran into the Salvador sisters. Uh, I think that was at uh, Beach House. And Beach House, Norfolk, you know, that was a good times. Um, and then I remember one night, this was a little bit further. I think I was home from flight school, and it was me, you, and Dan, and we went to... It was a bar down in town center. I don't. I think it was like Red Star. That was. I, I can't oh, remember. Oh yes, Red yeah, Star's Red not Star. There yes, be Red Star would get popping in the in the late evening. And I remember it was the three of us, and we were there. And then there were these three girls that were they were Virginia Beach locals, but they were like home from college or something. Like one of them went to school in Panama City or whatever, and the other one went somewhere else. But the point is, like, I remember. Like, Dan was like, I bet you won't go talk to them girls. And I was like, whatever. So, like, I went over there, started talking. Then you came over. Then Dan came over. And we spent the entire night hanging out with these girls. And that was a good time. Like, yeah, Christmas club hopping and bar hopping was legit. Because not only that, but, like, I remember, like, yeah, there were some clubs that were popping. But also, like, sometimes on, on Christmas Eve or Christmas night, like, they weren't open that late. So, like, you'd get – and because people were spending time with their families, like, it was like a – it was like a smaller – maybe smaller crowds – so it was easier to like go converse and socialize and like hang and like and meet people. So that was always good times too. But yeah, Christmas Christmas Eve and Christmas night club hopping, that's legit. All right. So for my next one, yeah, definitely. This actually dovetails almost directly from my last one, which is putting up Christmas lights. Ironically, one of my favorite memories with you guys, and I don't know if you were involved. I definitely know that our you know Patrice and Aaron Pope and I know Mike you're talking Curtis. About, and I w- I know what you're talking about, and I was not there that night. Okay. Black, you're about black ops. <laughs> I know exactly Christmas. what you're talking about because I saw y'all talked about, and I was like, I don't know where I was, but I wasn't there, guys. Yeah, man, Christmas black ops. I remember when we were kids, like we didn't get in a ton, a ton of trouble. At least we never got in any trouble that would get us arrested or like you know send us to jail or anything like that. But we did get into some shenanigans. And I remember when we learned that if you took out just one or two bulbs from a string of lights, you can bring down an entire display. That was like our new like thing, and because I remember Aaron Pope like always wanted to be like a Navy SEAL, so we would like get all dressed in black and like you know put on some face paint, and then like I was I was, since I was always the driver with the car, I was kind of like the equivalent of a helicopter. So like we would we would we would drive down the block, find a house that was like straight up like Griswold, you know, just super bright and obnoxious, and I remember we would we would I would drop them off at the end of the block, and I'd be like, all right. I'm going to be at this point in like five minutes. You guys got five minutes to execute. And they would like snake their way like to the house and they would like find like, you know, find a spot where either the, either they were plugged in or they would like grab a few light bulbs. And I remember like, you know, so like you just, you would just see this big bright like house. I'll just go boom, just down. And then I remember some, in some case, I didn't know this, but you could put alarms on your lights and there were people that used to put alarms on their lights. So occasionally, you like you see the house go black, but then you hear like this siren go off, and they like and like they'd be like running up to my car, and it was like go go go. And there'd be some dude in the background like yelling at them. Like so now I, I fear that you know karma's gonna come around to me at some point, and someone's gonna hit my house. <laughs> some teenagers gonna hit my house in the future. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I wasn't there for that. I remember when I was done, you got to tell about it. You're like, you're so insane, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I wasn't there, guys. I, I wasn't a part of this black ops situation. He's like, I wasn't. I wasn't in. I could have swore you at least did one with us, but I guess that was. I was not there. That might have been before your before your time before you came on Hank started hanging out with us. So. Yeah, that was before me on that. All right, what's your next Um, one? I think you guys you guys did the junior year, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of our junior year thing. We didn't really do it much. Our senior year, I think we kind of had we got out of our system, and I was hanging. I was hanging with you guys mostly senior year, like junior year. I wasn't. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, What number are we out here? Uh, I think we are, I don't even know. I'm not even counting anymore. I'm just going to go back and forth. All right. Oh, oh, oh. All right. So what, um, a Christmas tradition in my household and it happened like maybe three times. I would, I would uh, easy three times. So I, you know what? No. I, so a Christmas tradition, not even Christmas tradition, but a memory. And do you remember when you Stop believing in Santa. You know, I do. I remember when I stopped believing in Santa, I do remember, and, and I remember Christmas being kind of disappointed. Like, yeah. Uh, it, 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 Go ahead. It was like we're. I'm laying. I'm like I'm excited because I like there's because usually as a kid, right? There's like we go to bed. Like before we go to bed, there's already gifts underneath the present, underneath the tree, right? And then next morning, there's even more gifts. And you're like, oh shit. Right, so you're like maybe it's like so in my mind, I'm like maybe like Santa Claus brought more gifts off, you know what I mean? That was the whole plan, and this was kind of cool. Well, one year we're sitting there, I'm laying in bed. It's like late at night, and my mom and dad's putting my bike together, and they're loud as shit. You're like you hearing the toy, you hearing the hearing the tools clank, and this is that clank, 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 and I'm like, what the hell? So I, I get up out of my bed. I had been like elementary school, like maybe fifth grade or fourth grade or some shit. I'm like. Walk down the hallway and I look, and like they're there, and like go back to bed. And I'm like, oh my god, like oh my god, and it just it's ruined. It's like I, I'm like I'm, I'm shocked, I'm excited that I'm getting a bike, but I'm mortified because I'm like, it was all a lie, it was all a lie, you know. And I'm like in my mind, I want to uh, make sure that I go, I push the the big lie of Santa Claus as far as I can for my child. I don't want to like. I don't want my child to be tainted thinking that oh my man my my dad's just a cheap ass why he buy me no gifts like no Santa Claus cheap ass not me uh, <laughs> he's cheap ass not me man so I've uh, yeah and uh, I just remember that and it's like dude that's uh, that that from that point on I was like well Santa Claus not real oh well you know I know these gifts came from and, uh, you know and it, I think from that point on I stopped asking for gifts like I I not really asking for gifts but asking for a lot of gifts I can yeah. get I and to that point on I've been kind of like. No, just give me this. That's it. I'm good. Like, yeah, I'm you become more conscious of the fact. Yeah, I, right. I remember. I don't want this. Give me this. Give me that. Give me that. I want this and that. Dude, reality, you're not getting all this shit, bro. I think I remember not. when I found out it was in the fall. I was living in South Carolina. And I remember I was walking to school because we li- we lived too close to for for a bus. So I I was walking to school. And there were these two kids, older kids, probably like, because I think I was like maybe eight at the time, and they probably were like ten, maybe eleven. And they were talking about how it was their, like, they knew they found out that their parents were the ones that put the Christmas the presents on the tree. And it it broke my heart because I was like, what? Like I was like, well, no, they don't know what they're talking about. They're just, but I mean, it, it it put the question in my mind, right? So I came home, and asked my mom about it. And of course, she like you know denied it, you know, as best as she could. But still, that that seed was there. To the point, I remember one Christmas where I was like, 
I was still trying to convince myself that Santa Claus existed. So I like I concocted this plan to try to reveal if Santa Claus existed. So I put like you know I put out like these these sheets of paper around the fireplace because we had a fireplace in our first house in in uh, mm-hmm. Virginia Beach. And I was like, well, if Santa Claus existed and he comes down the chimney, he's gonna bring tracks. So when he steps on this paper, there's gonna be tra- boot track like boot prints, and I'm gonna know if Santa exists or not. And my mom was like, okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And like, so like you know, so the next day I get up and you know, you know, thankfully my mom, you know, was smart enough to like take a shoe and make some tracks on this paper where she was like. I was like, oh my god, there's tracks, and Santa still exists, but even then, still, that there. seed was still there, and I think over time, and, and then, I think at one point, I remember one night, I think I was like 12, and I, at this point, I kind of knew in my heart of hearts that, you know, Santa didn't doesn't didn't exist, but my mom was like talking, she's like, you know Santa doesn't exist, right? I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know, but it, it's still, it is, it's heartbreaking as a kid to find out that 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 that, that mysticism of Christmas isn't, isn't there. Um, you took, uh, you took my innocence. You took my innocence. <laughs> yeah, I know. So exactly. Yeah. Um, I think for us, like we haven't like, I mean, obviously Alex knows Santa Claus exists. He gets, he's excited about the idea of Santa Claus, but I think Santa Claus also kind of scares him to a degree. Like he won't sit on Santa's lap. He won't take pictures with Santa Claus. He look he looks at Santa and goes, yeah, I'm good. Um, we, you know, we, we kind of, we've, we've, we've decided to focus. Nope. We've decided to focus some more on the nativity so, you know, because Christmas really is about like you know Jesus and the, the birth of Jesus. So we kind of focus more on that. But he knows who Santa is. You know, exists, and we, and we do talk about like, hey, you know, if you don't shape up, Santa's not going to bring you gifts or all those gifts underneath the tree that Santa's going to take those back. Like, so, um, but yeah, no, it, it is. It was very heartbreaking to find out that Santa Claus wasn't real. So I'm with you on that one. Total, uh, total, total side note, man. I guess you could throw it on my list, but this is absolute side note. Not on my list, but this is a freaking question. Who invented the elf on the freaking shelf? I I I, I, I don't understand any of this. Apparently, it's, so I, we're, we don't do it. Um, I, I actually don't know anyone that does. Of course but, you don't. You have sense. Yeah. You have sense. Uh, apparently, it, so it started with a book. <laughs> so it's a book, and so you buy the book, and the elf comes with it. And the book is, apparently is about this elf who is supposed to keep an eye on you through the holidays and make sure that you're good. Um, and, it, and, it, and, and he moves – around the house to keep an eye on you but the what sucks as a parent is now you have to move this thing every night because if you don't move it then like the jig is up right so that's kind of the whole idea but i i don't know why anyone would want to do this activity or why they would find this fun i don't think that's a christmas tradition i would ever want to bring in an elf he's a snitching elf whatever (laughs) creeping on your child it's like what a terrible tradition that people just eat right up you know and it's just it's ridiculous even though i will admit i i watch a lot of cartoons as an adult and i have a 10 year old in this house so i watch cartoons with him all the time and like they did like the was it the um, teen titans go whatever and they did like the where beast boy dressed up like the elf on a shelf and they made it just as creepy as i would as i was talking about he was creepy as hell and even he knew he was creepy and it, it was funny it was it was pretty good that's awesome so, yeah but um yeah all right you, you so wanna, you want to do what or, yeah yeah i got one all right so and we're actually at, we're at number seven i think yeah number seven uh-huh. so uh for me this one is a fond memory and it's something i look forward to every year and it in my mind christmas does not start until i see this and that is oh. the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer tv special the old 1970s 1960s 1970s claymation special 
uh, Bird Ives, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the snowman, the singing snowman, he's, you know, and, and uh, Yukon Cornelius and the abominable snowman. Until I see that claymation, spe- that cheap-ass claymation special come on TV, then it's not Christmas. And I remember as a kid, I lived for that special. Like, I, wa- I would wait every year for ABC to announce when they were playing the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer spe- special because that's all I looked forward to. And and when I, it wasn't Christmas until I can finally get my eyes on it. We even now I've purchased it on Apple uh, TV. So and it, it was like a package deal. It came with the Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeer special. It came with Frosty the Snowman, and like this other one about uh, the Little Drummer Boy. That one I don't really care for so much. And I lo- but I, but I do like trash. Frosty. That's trash. Yeah, but the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Christmas special is by far one of my most favorite. I'd, uh, things want to watch growing up. So first and foremost, okay, that's my number three as well. And two, you calling it cheap ass? Let me tell you something, okay? That's slanderous. <laughs> slander. That is slander. All right, because you're talking about that show was made back in 1961, and the claymation stop animation on that is like. Great. It's high quality. It's and just the ridiculousness, as an adult watching it, and you're like, this is so ridiculous. The elf wants to be a dentist. And you're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> He's like, uh, you guys could work in, y'all could be blue collar workers. I'm trying to become a dentist. You know what I mean? And he does become a freaking dentist later. So you're like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? He has this whole book that says dentistry, and he's reading dentistry. He's just reading it, which is, like, amazing. He saves Christmas because you know, he, he pulls all the teeth though, from the abominable snowman. And, like, what Rudolph, the, the other reindeers are just jerks. Just super jerk. Like, it's just mean. They're, like, bullying him. Not even, like, not allowed to play reindeer games. No, they were going to drive Rudolph to suicide the way they were treating him. So it was bad times. Um, so it, it, but it's a, it's a top tier Christmas show. I would say um, animation wise, like, yeah, it's just God tier. Really great. Really bad form of that would have been like the one where it's like, um, what's the one where like Santa Claus, it was the one where like they stop animation where it was like, there was the winter guy and there was the, the, the it was the hot guy, whatever, like the oh, North Pole yeah, and yeah. South Pole. And they were like. That one's terrible. The mouths didn't match up. The you know what I mean the mouths didn't match up. And like the storyline was stupid. They're like we're in the south. Like you're in Mississippi and there's no there's just straight white people, no black people. It's just terrible. And then they show all the kids of the world get together. And it was just super racist. Africans, <laughs> Chinese people. I was like, this is terrible. Yeah, y'all just y'all lost the way. You've lost the way of Christmas. You've got racism in my Christmas show. <laughs> So, well, yes. Rudolph, it was they were both they were all, were all written in like the seventies. <laughs> um, that right, one man. came out like sixty. Yeah, that came out early seventies, and that's what makes it worse. So uh, yeah, all right, over to you. Um, for me, my uh, over to me here. So like for me, Christmas isn't truly Christmas. So I guess it's not Christmas yet because I haven't seen it yet this year. Christmas story. Um, oh. Growing up. Um, we used to uh, have Christmas Story on VHS. Uh, Christmas Story movie, we had it on VHS on a tape. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what VHS tape is. And it was actually on a tape that had Midnight Madness, which is an old school movie 
from the late 70s was Michael J. Fox's first movie. It had Garfield on that same tape as well. Um, and had like the Cabbage Patch Christmas movie as well on it. So it was just a hodgepodge of movies on this like one tape. Uh, but Charlie, uh, Christmas Story was always played every year. Um, you know, and I don't have to go deeper in it. We all know what it is. You know, TNT plays at 24 hours. You know, so it's, or TBS does it. TNT plays like Kung Fu Panda now or some shit. You know what I mean? Like some movies will play 24 hours. They take the day off and just play whatever. But Christmas Story, it's just great. It's, no, I with... quote the movie. It's just, it's Christmas. No, I'm with you on that one. That's actually my number two is watching and quoting A Christmas Story with Marcy. We love to watch that film and just, it, we beat we beat the actors to the punch every time because we just love quoting it. My favorite is when the box shows up and the dad's like "fragile," it's Italian, and then she's like, "No, it, it's it's fragile, honey." Oh yeah, that's right. Fragile. But I remember one, one year she, she her her company had a had a their company ball and it was a costume ball. So we went as I went as the box and she went as the lamp. She made like a skirt that looks like the lampshade, and she had like um, the fishnet stockings. So she was the lamp, and I was the box, and we actually won. But yeah, Christmas, you know, Christmas story is a time. It's just a timeless classic. I remember seeing it as a kid, and you know, as as a kid, it re- it resonates with you because like there's always that one gift that was always out of your reach that your parents never let you get. I remember my parents would never let me get a BB gun because they had the same concern: you're gonna shoot your eye out. Um, I think also too I like about the way that the movie's filmed. Everything is bigger in that movie, and I love also to his daydreaming scenes because I mean, as a kid, your whole life is like is your imagination and your daydreaming, and it's always the worst case or the best case. And that movie just captures all of that just so well. Um, and then now, as an adult, when I watch it, especially now you know with a young with a little boy, I now find myself emulating more with the parents like. Because Marcy and I, we had those debates about, is this toy appropriate? Is it safe? Like, should he have this yet? Like, he's only four. Like, it's so, like, that, that movie just speaks to all ages, and it's and uh, it's so great. Um, I know there's a sequel to it that's not so good, but recently on HBO Max, he came back, and he's done a version of it now where he's the dad trying to give Christmas to his kids. So it kind of flips is the script good? where, like, the first movie was from his perspective as a child, now it's the reverse. It's his perspective of Christmas giving it to his kids, and he's also dealing with the death of his dad. And it—I won't spoil it—but it closes. It, it it circles back to the first one in a really nice and unique way um, that is just really touching. So um, it's not—I it, mean, it's not as good as the first, um, but it's still very good, and um, I, I highly recommend it. So yeah, I'm check that out this week coming out. All right. All right, so my next one, um, and this one is one also kind of went nest with one that Marcy recommended too, and that is um, putting up the Christmas tree. Um, and one of her favorite uh, memories here, in fact, it's her number one, was going to buy a real Christmas tree with her mom, dad, and sister. I remember one year we went, I was in Miami with them for Christmas, and I actually went with them. They had this spot uh, down in like the Everglades that they would go and get the tree from. And and Jose don't play around, man. When he buys a tree, he buys a huge tree like that to put in the house. Um, but regardless of whether you do the real tree or the fake tree, I mean, for me, you know, we did fake because my mom was allergic. But seeing that the box come out and seeing the tree get assembled and then getting to go up and put the ornaments up and mount the lights and mount the garland. And we had this – it was for a long time growing up. We had this really, like – 
it was like this um, garland star with lights on it, and I just it just captured me every single time. It was had different rainbow colors on it, and uh, it was like bright and silver, and that that star will forever be ingrained in my head. I'll, I'll never forget the first year my mom went away from lit, uh, from from lit up stars and went to just like a solid like you know ornament type thing on the top of the tree. It was a little heartbreaking, but. For me, yeah, I mean, I was putting up the Christmas tree with my, me and my mom, my sister, because, again, my dad was gone a lot. Um, it's one of those fond memories. And this year I got a chance to really share that with my son because previous to that he was always too young. So, like, he didn't, like, you know, couldn't really help or contribute. This year, though, he was there with me and putting up ornaments and asking me about the ornaments, where this one came from or what's this mean. And it was it was a good time. So that's one of my favorite memories. Um, yeah, like, I would say, like, yeah, Pit of a Christmas Tree is, uh, is a big deal growing up. I, I, I enjoy doing Christmas Tree. I remember we would, uh, go, we had my mom bought, like, the spray, like, the can of snow. We put the snow on the windows, and then, uh, we grew up doing, using the colored lights, and apparently in this household I live in now, we do white lights, which is boo. Um, we do white lights too now. We we did. Yeah. I did color lights growing up. We do white lights here in the house too. I like color lights, man. Like nothing's better than just sitting after you put the tree up and like turn all the lights off and just let the light just just the light just wash over you. Just the feeling of Christmas. Oh, dude. Know, and, once the tree is up, the only thing that produces light is the tree. I don't put the lamp on. It's the tree. That's it. And I'm with you, man. Like oh, I like my. to pour myself a glass of eggnog with a little bit of um, a little whiskey in there and just enjoy that. That's, yeah. Uh, Kiki, like, no, Kiki has to live in a world where she needs, like, every light on in the world. Um, so <laughs> it's like nothing coming out of the shadows attacking anybody here. So, yeah, we have all the lights on apparently. So it's it's just always well lit up. But like the white lights and even like last night we were like sitting on the couch and I got up and turned the Christmas tree on. She was like, you just got to put the tree on lights on. I'm like, yeah, I want to see the lights blink. I want to feel Christmas. Like it's, it's the only time I have to embrace it. Let's embrace it. So, yeah. Um, so my number one thing on my list is thing I watch every Christmas last year. Uh, no, I watched last year too. I, I had a hook or crook through to watch it last year. Um, Apple pissed me off because they bought the rights to it. So it was not on PBS anymore. But I watch it every year. I quote it. And I always say the most ridiculous shit every single time I watch it. Because I'm still mystified for whatever reason. So I, I, I'm a big Peanuts fan. And I love ah, yeah. Christmas. I love Charlie Brown Christmas. And I watch it every year. And I go off about I always go on and on about it and i i watch because i watch uh treasure uh, for myself i watch i watch about christmas every year and i watch thanksgiving i think the thanksgiving episodes to me is funnier because Paradise patty just being an absolute biatch after getting a thanksgiving dinner is so outrageous to me and like she's such a bitch uh so i'm like every year i'm like yo kick her out every year i say that my wife my mom's like you say that every year it's, it's not gonna change and i'm like every year you just kick her out you know what I mean? But the Christmas, though, they get together, have the tree. And I actually have, like, the replica tree of that, uh, a replica of Charlie Brown's tree, of tree here. And I have it in the hallway on our, like, our uh, bookshelf. I put it out top there, a little replica tree with, like, yeah. a little ornament on it. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's my taste of Christmas that I put up every year. Um, you know, I don't really hang mistletoe or 
stockings or like that but my charlie brown tree gets put up every year with that one little ornament so i can walk by it and look at it and like yep charlie brown your christmas is here oh that's a good one no i uh i didn't put that on mine but i do like the charlie brown christmas and one of my favorite parts of that is that there's the 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 song that christmas time is here song every time it comes on it it it, you know it just it just hits you on the hard strings um yeah the charlie brown christmas special is is such good times and you know, I remember, you know, when he goes off to get that tree, comes back, and they're so mean to him. But in the end, they just give it a little TLC, and it turns into this amazing little tree at the end. So, yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas is a, always a, a welcome classic in this household. Um, so I, mean, I heard you mention that was your number one. But I got a long way to go, so you may just have to con- con- comment on what I got left. <laughs> um, so for me, the next one is, um, and I, I know you definitely participated in this with us on a number of occasions, and that was, Christmas Eve movies with the crew, man. I remember, uh, you know, uh, Christmas Eve, there wasn't much else to do uh, in high school and uh, growing up. So it was like you grab your buds and you go see a, go see a movie. Um, usually Christmas, you broke a lot of big films. And I remember one year in particular, I know at a minimum, me and Dan, Darren was with me. I can't remember if Dan was or not or if you were with me. But uh, we had a friend, Eileen, who used to work at the movie theater at Lynn Haven Mall. And she got us in free to see Titanic. And we didn't know how long Titanic was. I remember, and this is in the age before cell phones. So Titanic was like, it's like a three hour, like three and a half hour movie. And I came home late as all hell. My parents were so mad. They're like, where have you been? Like, you missed dinner. You missed like, you, you missed like, we, would open a, we would open a gift on New Year, uh, Christmas Eve, right, as a tradition. So like, you missed a gift opening. Like, where did you go? I was like, I'm sorry. We got free tickets to see Titanic, and that movie is way longer than I thought. She's like, well, now you went, you, oh, and you went and saw Titanic without us? Like, so it was like, I just got my ass handed to me for like an hour from my mom because I spent three hours watching Titanic, but... Uh, going to see movies with friends on Christmas Eve because you know there's not much else to do when you're in high school. The malls weren't open after six o'clock, so you weren't going to the mall. And um, yeah, that's just for me is one as a fond memory. Uh, you know, going to see movies with friends is always a fond memory because it was always you know whenever we were done, we go to over to IHOP and grab some food at IHOP or something. But yeah, man, um, that's a that's a fond one for me. Okay, all right. What else? All right. After that, I've got snow. And even though snow in Virginia, uh, we talked about one the one year we got snow on Christmas, but snow in Virginia didn't happen much, or at least in Virginia Beach didn't really happen much. But I, I did live for a short while in upstate New York. And for me, and we would go visit my grandparents in upstate New York some holidays. And being able to go up there and enjoy the snow and go sledding and have snowball fights and build forts and do all those things that you just love to do as a kid in the snow, that's always going to be a major fond memory for us. Um, even as an adult now, uh, way obviously before I had kids, Marcy and I used to make trips out to you know Colorado or to Utah at the holidays to do some snowboarding. And I'm sorry, but nothing puts you in the Christmas spirit more than than, than, than fresh snow. And um, another great memory, uh, you know, I was in, when I was in Newport for a year, uh, I remember I got lucky enough to be in Newport when it snowed over the holidays and. I got this great picture of me in front of the tree out there and, and Banisher's Wharf. and But snow at the holidays is the best. Snow after January 1st, don't care for it. But snow at the holidays <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Like the snow here during Christmas time is 
very lacking. But for whatever reason, January rolls around, early February, oh, it's time for snow. And we're like, boo. Like, we don't want this. We don't want this. We, we, we want we a white Christmas. And now we have, we're, we're just missing, when we're supposed to be at work, we're supposed to be at school, now we're missing time. We got to oh, make up days. Oh, hell no. That's just trash. Trash. Absolutely right. Trash. What else, Eric? Um, let's see. We already talked about dinner, so I'm going to skip that one. We talked about Christmas story. So my last one is um, watching and quoting a Christmas, vac- Christmas vacation with my, with my wife. Christmas vacation is one of my, my favorite movie to watch at Christmas time. Probably because so it's, it reminds me so much of some of the Christmases we had growing up, um, where you know you go into the holidays with every best intention, and somehow it just always seems to fall apart a little bit. But yet you always manage to salvage it right there at the end. And uh, uh, you know, big family Christmases, and going up to upstate New York or to my aunt's and uncle's house in Massachusetts for Christmas, you know, are all fond memories. So watching Christmas Vacation to me is just. It's such a worthwhile watch, and it's so reminiscent of the of the holidays I had growing up, and it's so funny and memorable. I mean, everything about that movie is quotable. You know, I think everyone, you know, one of one's favorite line is "Merry Christmas." Shitter was full. You know, I mean, <laughs> watching him empty the empty the toilet into the sewer, you know, right there in their front yard is so great. And then, you know, uh, the whole situation with the squirrel in the house and the cat under getting electrified under the couch and the uncle catching fire. It's just everything about that movie is, is beat for beat hilarious. Um, you know, Clark watching Christmas movies in the attic because he locked himself up there. I mean, everything about that movie is so great. And it's something I have to watch every year. And if I don't, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. You know, that movie is a high-quality Christmas movie. Now, what's very shocking for me is hearing your list and you not mentioning Home Alone. So I, I mean, again, Home Alone for me, Home Alone is great. Was great when I was a kid. I don't find it as good as an adult. I don't know about. I, I guess uh, as the, the older I get, the more annoying I find his character. You know, and I guess that's part of it. Like as a kid, I found for, it for me uh, hilarious. For me, as an adult, watching that movie, let me tell you something. How they were talking. To little Kevin McAllister at the beginning of the film? Oh, oh hell no. Yeah. Christmas would have been canceled. Christmas just canceled. Like, I, if you have not seen this film in a long time, I advise you to watch 20 minutes of it. Just watch I watched it. I, I watched it last year and I, I came back to it. And you're right. It is kind of shocking to see. Like, it's borderline child abuse. Because, like, there's borderline. awful this child. <laughs> The uncle's like the uncle's like you little brat. I'm like yo. First foremost, my brother's not gonna talk to my son like that. You yeah. know what I mean? What what person? Like one kid's like I wish he would die. What, excuse me? The fuck get the fuck out of my house? And I would have been like yo. France canceled. Yeah. France canceled. Well, that's that's France. the thing that always bugged me too. Like I remember one year Marcy and I watched it and we were, we went and debated. What does this guy do that he can buy that his is family the mystery. an entire the vacation mystery. to France and he doesn't do it just once. He does it two years in a row because he takes them to, to was it Florida or, my, or Hawaii? One of the two at Christmas time, um, and they all ended up rained in, which was hilarious to me. But well, then yeah, they go like, to New York. Hmm. Well, the second one they went to New York. Well, the second one he went to New York, but the family I think went went to either Hawaii or Florida. I can't remember it which. It was I remember it was a tropical no, location, and, and they, they got, got rained, rained in. in. 
But yeah. yes, he ended up in New York in the second one. And I actually liked the second one, I think, is better than the first. Um, I like the second one more than I like the first. But I think what makes that movie, the first movie, so good, though, is Joe Pesci and, um, where is it, Randy Quaid? No, not Randy Quaid. Um, not Randy Quaid. Uh, I can't you remember know, his name. We don't talk about. We, we yeah, but talk about, man. but but the but the two crooks and are just absolutely hilarious in that bandits. film. Yeah, the, yeah the you, know, the, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, um, I didn't appreciate the Wet Bandits growing up. Like as a kid, when I think about Home Alone, uh, watching it as like, all right, Kevin McAllister doing these stupid shit and whatever, right? Fine, and. Did not bite and did not see the parents treating Kevin the way he did. Did not see it as a kid either. I all I saw was Kevin doing his tricks and all the usual stuff. The the pizza delivery guy, which he didn't deserve that, and you know, the other weird stuff. But as like an adult and I watched it again, I'm like, wait a minute. The wet bandits, I appreciate these guys. These guys had calling cards. They were like their scheme was smart. You know what I mean? And actually, their scheme would have worked if they would have, like, if Joe Pesci wasn't just a dumbass and be like, let's move to the next house. He's like, no, we're going to score on this one house. I'm like, Joe, how many days did y'all, like, scope this one house? Like, we're missing Christmas. You know what I mean? We have other hits. There's other places, Joe. Let's go. But no, he wanted this guy, this house so bad. And for real, for real, they didn't like there was nothing, anything really good in the house in the first place. It was just a really big house. I mean, a big attic, big base, the basement was ridiculously big. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, again, what does his dad do for a living? Not sure. CEO of something, hedge fund, who knows? Um, lots of money. But yeah, it's just the wet bandits, they messed up. They, they, they messed up. They let some kid get them, and it's just ridiculous. Not once, so, but twice. So one like, thing that's interesting about that movie, too, yeah. is so I, I'm pretty confident it's a John Hughes movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's at least written by John Hughes, which is hilarious to me because yeah. if you actually go back and watch a lot of John Hughes movies from the 80s, they don't age well. Um, like uh, The Breakfast Club, watch that movie now with t- in today's context. That movie's Whoa. rapey Whoa. as all hell, dude. He's like got Whoa. his head up the girl's skirt. They're talking about he's forcing the like Whoa. sex conversations on her. Like it's it's a really uncomfortable movie it to is, watch. It now. is a it is a John Hughes film. But whoa, whoa. <laughs> like a lot of these movies, like they don't like his movies don't age that great. And like like you said, like you watch Home Alone and you're just like, this is child neglect and child abuse and all kind there's all kinds of things wrong with this whole like whole movie. You tell me there wasn't a single person she couldn't call to go check on this boy. Like there's no one in her contact list that she that can. Like, in they're fairness, all... <laughs> the wrong things. In fairness, Sixteen Candles is like my favorite John Hughes film. Okay, I don't like Pretty in Pink and all yeah, like yeah, yeah. Stuff. And it's my favorite. And I don't like The Breakfast Club either, really mm-hmm. that much. But it, it's like. John Hughes, that one's the best because it has the Holy Trinity of all things wrong. It has the house party, the, the house party that's unreal and ridiculously out of control. And that kid lived in a ridiculous house too. He drove a Porsche to school. Come on, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then he, this kid allows this nerd who Anthony Michael Hall had been like fifteen, go go and drive my Bentley. Excuse me, sir. Just let him drive this Bentley. You don't own that car. You know what I mean? You know the girl is like drunk off her mind whatever haircut driving down the hall john cusack they wake these people up middle of the night and they're like talking loud outside where are these parents at where are these parents at you got the racism going on with the 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 asian guy whatever a lot going on with that 
I mean, it was it was a lot going on in that film that you're like, dude, what kind of reality is this? But I mean, it only but it only works because it's an '80s film. Well, yeah, because in the '80s, in the '80s, it's, it's anything it's, goes. It's, it's a different anything it's goes. a different time, right? Like all these things are written and produced in a, in in a different when when there are certain social standards that were acceptable. They're not that are not acceptable today, but you know back then it was like it was okay. So it's, but yeah, I, I went back and I watched, rewatched Breakfast Club. No, it was Club Ethan Goes, not social norms. Not the social norms. It's Ethan Goes. Yeah. yeah. It's about Ethan Goes. It's the 80s. Just throw it against the wall and do it. You know, yeah. and that's what made the 80s movies great. You're like, dude, what in the hell am I watching? And you're like, it's 80s, dude. Just, <laughs> just let it go. Let it go. You know what I mean? One of our favorite films of all time, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Almost had an incest scene in it. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we got to live in that world. We got to live in that world. You know what I mean? We got to live in that world, you know? And and somehow, in a slight runoff sentence, my man, Doc Brown, was negotiating with terrorists. <laughs> That's you true. You know what I mean? He's, I the, stole the, the Iranian from the Saudis. The What's terrorist. wrong with Libyan you? Yeah, what are you doing, dude? You know what I mean? Just, just gloss over that. Me as a doll watching, I'm like this. Did he just negotiate with terrorists? <laughs> he just is he just in the bed with terrorists and like that's how he gets his experiments done dr brown was sketchy you know what i mean so yeah yeah but that was a small tangent there yeah we have to we'll go back to 80s movies and the wildness of the 80s yeah that's, oh that's dude there are so many there. the 80s are like you said it's a free-for-all they're wild it's an it's an untamed time in a lot of different ways but all right guys I'm bringing, well, that, down for, I'm bringing that down for later okay, all right <laughs> fair enough all right guys well, we are at uh an hour and we've made it through the list. Um, did we miss anything? Is there anything else you want to add? So. To... I, I got nothing else to add. You know, I just want everybody, um, you know, first of all, if you're listening, you know, we appreciate you guys' um, support, you know, and um, we appreciate you guys. We uh, do this because we enjoy conversation. Like I said, this uh, we enjoy talking to each other. We saw it got rekindled back up after my wedding back in um, June, you know, and we're like, we got to get back to doing this, you know, and, um, this week, my goal is to actually get us on Spotify this week. All and right. So you could, uh, we could try to expand to a bigger audience, you know. And, um, you know, like I said, if you got any subjects you guys want to talk about, man, we're all open for anything. You know, we, as you see, we're very opinionated people and we're all have a good time. And, you know, I just want everybody to have a great holiday, a great and safe holiday, you know, a great and safe holiday. Um, and enjoy your loved ones. You know, you never know. Uh, what the next day ha- holds so you know cherish the moment that you're living yeah no nah, man i can't uh i think you said it, you've about said it all um so i feel the same way this has been a really fun redoing this again um it's been fun getting back on online and not back on the microphones and just you know riffing and talking about stuff and you know regardless of anyone even cares what we have to say about it it's just it's just fun and it's it's just it's just a fun hobby that we really enjoy doing uh, and for those of you that have subscribed and for those of you that have shared us, I've noticed that we've even shared a few times. We appreciate it. We hope the word's getting out there, and we hope you enjoy what you're hearing. And uh, with that, again, I wish all of you also a safe and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, take care of each other. You know, it's a season of giving. It's a season of joy. Um, you know, just extend that to everyone you see. And that being said, I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Locke. All right, everybody. Have a blessed week. We're out. Have a good day.